Welcome to a very special edition of No Seriously. How do I do this? I'm Summer. When we became a family of six, we recognized that vacations were going to look a lot less like Disney World and a lot more like camping, (laughs) glamping. And so we've been hitting the road, inviting friends, artists over to our campsite to share their heart on the Glampcast. Welcome back to the Glampcast, episode two of three. So last week, Dave Fry. This week, I'll tell you in a second. Next episode, I'll tell you in two weeks because I don't want to spoil it for you. But we have three total episodes like this coming your way where I was able to hang out in my bougie tent at Life Fest in Oshkosh and, and talk to some amazing artists about things that we all deal with. And so in today's episode, I believe in the background, you actually get to hear Zach Williams perform. If you turn the volume up, you might catch some of your favorite songs by him. You'll also hear my kids screaming like maniacs. Maybe don't turn the volume up too high. But this week, I get to sit down with Jason Gray. Jason is just, he's amazing because he's willing to go there, not only in his music, but in this conversation, we talk about some of those things that totally encapsulate the question No, seriously, how do I do this? How do you parent grown kids? How do you restore relationships when they're broken? How do you learn to communicate better and control less? Those are all things that we cover. And I hope that you are edified by the conversation. I hope that you are encouraged to know that we're all kind of screwed up on this journey. (laughs) Let that be encouraging. Well, ladies and gentlemen, here's Jason Gray. Oh, so welcome back to festivals and welcome back to big concerts. What does the last 18 months look like for you in regards to all that? As you know, I went through a divorce about five years ago and uh, actually six years ago now. And uh, one of the things I lost in the divorce was was my confidence in God and uh, my ability to pray because I'd never prayed harder for anything in my life, you know, and uh, believed and trusted that he would save the day in the 11th hour. And when that didn't happen, <clears throat> I, um, well, I just didn't know how to, how to pray anymore. My prayer was broken, you know, and didn't know how to trust. Um, and I had some resentment with the Lord, too. So I would characterize our, our, our relationship for a while was kind of like that... Uh, that old couple who, you know, like has a lot of resentment towards each other, but they still watch TV together, you know? Sure. So, uh, so that's maybe where I was for a season. But when, when the pandemic hit, because of the divorce and some other things, I was carrying a substantial amount of debt. And just through a kind of miracle, um, was able to pay off the debt uh, right before the pandemic hit, you know? Mm. And then um, had also decided to do a special limited run tour for my fans where, hey, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do this the way that I did in the olden days, you know, where I booked everything. And if you're interested in that, contact me here. And so I'd gotten all these contacts in, uh, you know, and I, I started to book what was going to be a six week little personal tour January 1st, you know, and then the pandemic hit and like, Mm -hmm. well, I've got all these names still and there aren't as many restrictions or hoops to drum through for individuals. And so I was, I was kind of able to keep working. So anyway, that, that's a long explanation, but 
what it did for me is I felt very provided for in that moment. And it did begin to to heal that uh, that broken prayer life, you know, and, 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 and restore my ability to trust God because I could see his hand in it, you know. That's one thing that I have heard over and over again and experienced. And I know it's not true for everyone. And so if someone's listening right now for whom this isn't true, of course, yes, I don't want to make it worse. Right. But how the pandemic for a lot of people, if you had eyes to see it was a blessing in so many ways yeah yeah you know and and and, uh for me i ended up spending a lot of time with my son um you know we were all quarantined but but uh but me and him and his girlfriend we spent time with each other weekly i'd have them over to eat and uh and she'd never seen the star wars movies or the indiana jones movies oh come on come on so (laughs) We watched all of those, and and uh, she was like, "Harrison Ford is a gift to humanity." I was yes, like, "I know, girl. right?" You know, so so uh, it was great being with somebody who was discovering Harrison Ford for the first time. You know, <laughs> people have actually been coming up to me because so. Obviously, this podcast, so y'all don't know this, but I have a little brown leather jacket hanging up in here, and I have okay, a yeah. big old hat that oh, I keep wearing all totally. week. Yeah. And people are like, oh, yeah, like Indiana Jones. I'm like, if I could emulate anyone in their <laughs> know, style. Right? Oh, I love it. So um, how old is your son? Uh, that one is 24. I actually have twins who are 24 years old. Okay. And then I also have, um, uh, he, he, he's... He's a 17, so I've got three boys. So homeschooling or virtual schooling wasn't necessarily a, a big burden for you like, a, like no, it was. For, no, no, But you were still providing an education <laughs> to your son's girlfriend. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> Amen. Exactly. Yep. Yep. So. So you got to spend time with uh, your son and his girlfriend yep. and introducing her to the finer things in life. Uh, so how else did it just bless you, would you say? Oh, I mean... Watch a bunch of movies that yes. I had always, you know, had always been on my list. So, sure. So, okay. So, tell me about your kids. So, you have twins. I have twins. That's yeah. amazing. And then you have a younger son. And I know five years ago you went through something really difficult and, and very traumatic. Yeah. Um, before we talk about your relationship with the kids, would you be willing to share with people who, who might not have an idea, yeah. whatever you're comfortable in regards to that situation. Oh, sure. Just about the divorce, you know. I mean, there weren't any, like, like headlines in the relationship of, like, oh, it came apart because of this one major thing, you know. Relationships are complicated, well, because humans are complicated, and, and, and uh, I think it was just a thousand small things that added up and 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 uh the human mind doesn't like loose ends we don't like disorder we want things to make sense we don't like that that unresolved tension of things so what i noticed after the fact was 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 that you know how many people i'd know i'd known who'd gone through a divorce and in my mind, I classified, oh, well, they went through a divorce because he's like this or mm, she's like mm-hmm. that, you know. And I didn't realize what I was doing is is I was trying to r- resolve that unwanted tension in myself, of you know, like rather than engaging with the complexity of what, what went wrong in their relationship, I just wanted the world to make sense again. So mm. someone's got to be a villain. Someone's got to be a hero, you know, a martyr or something like that. And um, I would just say, don't do that to people. Uh, it's just not that 
simple. And uh, the truth is, like in your relationship, if you're, I don't mean to get in your business, you know, but, but I imagine in your marriage, if your husband decided to leave or you decided to leave your husband, there would be plenty of evidence for you to point to. Sure. To justify leaving. Just like there's plenty of evidence to justify staying. And so we see the evidence that supports what we've decided to do. So like if you're out there, if you're thinking about leaving, it could be because in your heart you've already decided to leave. And so that is why you you are seeing your spouse the way that you are, you know. So you just have to be aware of how your own heart works, you know, and, and, and uh, we see the evidence that we've decided to see, you know. So, mm-hmm. And ultimately, I... I think that's what happened in my marriage, you know, which is, again, oversimplifying it, but but that's a fair oversimplification, I think, so. <laughs> well, and I know you've shared many times how difficult and traumatic that season was for you as, you know, a husband. How was that for you as a father? How did your kids weather that season? Oh, man, it's so... I mean, it was so confusing for me as an adult. I can't imagine how confusing it was for them. I remember how confusing it was for me when I was a little boy, you know, when my parents got divorced. I'll share this story. I, I, um, I had this experience with one of my sons where, you know, we had a good relationship, but all of a sudden I just began to notice there was like this wall between us whenever we, we would be with each other. And it was uh, it was just always there, and I didn't know what it was, you know. But um, uh, I began to sense I I think he's I think he's angry with me, and I guess maybe he doesn't feel like he can talk with me about it, or like he's not allowed to talk with me about it, or or or, or he, he's afraid I won't listen, or whatever it might be. But as long as he wouldn't talk with me about it, it was this wall, and he wouldn't talk with me about it until the day when he finally did. And then when he did, he he let me have it, and he cussed me out, you know. And he said a lot of things that were difficult and uh, and harsh, you know. And I remember thinking, this should be feeling bad, but actually I feel relieved because I feel like, ah, there he is. I've got my boy back. He's bringing yeah. his heart to me again, you know. And I have a mentor in my life who uh, who prepared me for that moment when he said uh, the most loving thing you can say to somebody especially when they're hurt or angry the most loving three words you can speak are tell me more and uh get them talking with you and don't get distracted by you know if what they're saying is untrue or unfair or inaccurate don't demand accuracy in that moment don't waste that moment by being defensive and said say tell me more and here's a life hack that has been so amazing to me when a person feels listened to they actually begin to hear themselves and they will begin to hear uh, that a lot of what they're saying may not be exactly true and they'll self-correct without you having to correct them if you give a person the experience of being listened to that was an, an amazing life hack that I also learned from my mentor. Anyway, so that moment with my son, we're sitting in my car, and uh, he's bringing his anger to me, and, and uh, 
by the grace of God, I'm able to say, tell me more, tell me more, tell me more. And it, uh, it healed. It brought the wall down between us, you know. Um, and then it's interesting because after that, I began to recognize how anger is a kind of intimacy. You know, like uh, you can only be really angry with somebody if you trust them, you know. Um, and I began to realize, you know what, I think there's a wall between me and my Heavenly Father because I've got some resentment and some anger and maybe he wants me to bring my heart to him like I want him, you know, my son to bring his heart to me. That was also the beginning of a time of healing in my own heart with the Lord because I, I started to bring my anger to him, cuss him out and, you know, uh, and trust that he was saying, tell me more. And yes. he wanted that, you know. Um, so that was a key moment in my life. I, I've, I've got uh, a difficult relationship with one of my other sons. And I did have a moment where he opened up to me about stuff that he was angry with me about. And I thought I was being a good listener, and maybe I was, I can't tell. But I do know that during that conversation, a little bit, I did bring a little bit of my own story. And uh, and and he closed up pretty quick, and, and, and uh, things were not healed between us, you know. So that may be because I, I, f- I failed at that time, you know. Mm. I, I got it right one time, and maybe this other time I I got a little too concerned about defending myself or saying, "Well, this was my experience," you know. And it's I can't so hard tell. not to. That's, I yeah, mean, that's just right. human nature. When people are accusing us, and and we don't see things that way. Yeah. But that discipline of listening, Jason, as you were yeah. saying that, I'm like getting emotional just picturing that as you're talking about your son just letting you have it and the anger and the intimacy and the cussing you out and I'm like I feel like that's what God wants not you know yeah. not necessarily you know God doesn't want to be like cuss me out but he might though but maybe I mean, you know I, mean, I don't I mean, think if that's what you are feeling in that in moment he already sees it right right exactly and when I came back to the Lord that was a promise I made to him <clears> and myself it's like he already knows what's in there I'm going to bring him my doubts. Oh, yeah. I'm going to bring him my truth and my honesty. And when I dare to be honest, yeah. that's where I meet him. Yeah. Even if I haven't felt him in a while, as soon as I'm like, mm-hmm. Lord, I don't feel you in a while. I don't even know if you were there. Yeah. He shows up as soon as I'm willing to admit that. Yeah. And and I think we think we sh- we're not allowed to be angry with God, but anger is a kind of intimacy. You yeah. know what I mean? And and uh, and that's what I learned through that whole experience. So yeah. So your relationship with your kids now. Yeah. Um, what does that look like, and what have you learned along the journey? My kids are much younger than yours. Yeah. And so I'm always interested in gleaning from the wisdom of people who know more than me. No matter how they they gained that knowledge, it's like, man, if I can take a, a shortcut failure, here and there, yeah. <laughs> and that's and that's what it is, yeah, yeah. you know. And so, what do they say? A wise man learns from other people's mistakes right, or know. whatever. Yeah. I'd love to, I'd love to be more wise. Well. I've made a lot of mistakes, so I, I can share a lot of wisdom. No, um, you know, I'm not sure how it is for for anybody else, but but as a Christian parent, I did feel this anxiety of trying to like protect my kids from culture and from bad ideas and and, and sexualized 
music and all this stuff, you know. And I curated a lot of the entertainment that they watched, the music that they listened to. And some of that's appropriate, you know. Um, but I do, I do remember a moment where um, I was listening to a Leonard Cohen song. I don't know if you know who he is. He wrote the song, Hallelujah, Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. That was, you heard in Shrek, you know. One of the greatest songwriters um, in the last hundred years. But anyway, he wrote this song called Sisters of Mercy. And uh, there was a line in it. Yes, you who must leave everything that you cannot control. It begins with your family and soon it comes around to your soul. And when I heard that lyric, the Holy Spirit, you know, kind of like, hey, psst, hey, you need to pay attention to this, you know. And it was very convicting and it helped me to see how much I was trying to control uh, the world around my kids and and my kids too, you know. And, uh, and I had to learn how to let go of that because there comes a point where that's not helpful and it's actually counterproductive, you know. And, um, and that was very helpful to release them, mm-hmm. you know, and learn how to hold them with an open hand and also surrender my own anxiety as a parent. I was just so afraid of failing them by, because I didn't want them to get exposed to the things that caused me problems and all that kind of stuff. And the, the, they're their own people they got to live their own life. Our tendency is probably going to be to to overdo that, you know. At least that was my tendency. I won't speak for anybody else. That was my tendency. And so I had to let go and I had to let them be who they were going to be and make the decisions they were, decisions they were going to make. Like I have a a friend uh whose 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 daughter came out to her, you know. And, and it's it's been interesting to be in conversation with her about that experience as a mom. My mentor once told me, well, do you love them? Yes. He said, then love them. And it's just as simple as that. Mm-hmm. So my job is to love my kids. You know, and that brings me to this other thing that I wanted to talk with you about that I, I think might be practical. And... and let me say with all this too, like I'm, 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 I'm learning, and I, I get so much of it wrong. I reserve the right to change my mind about everything that I've Amen. said. Amen. Let's know? just print yeah, that yeah, on so, a T-shirt. Get that so, a tattoo. <clears throat> this I reserve is, the right to change yeah, my mind. I've I've really learned just the vital importance of giving your children the experience of being listened to, giving your spouse, giving anybody. How often do you feel actually listened to? It's very rare that we feel really listened to. As a parent, one of the ways that I don't listen to my children is when I think I know something that I need to impart to them. And so I'm going to tell them it's my responsibility as a Christian parent to let them know about, about this thing. And then I can launch into a monologue where I'm just saying the thing that I think they need to hear and more often than not I'm doing that for my own emotional relief right to soothe my own anxiety that it's up to me to let them know what they need to know you know and uh, and I'm trying to do less monologue actually I'm trying to do zero monologuing and I'm trying to learn how to do dialogues instead and uh, one of the early examples of that was uh, I remember 
when they were getting into rap music and they were like in the Eminem and I was kind of anxious about all that like oh they're listening to the dirty rap music and I need to let them know that that's not right and here's why it's dangerous and blah 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 all that kind of stuff and and my mentor helped me to figure out a different way into all of that my temptation was to begin the conversation by saying why are you listening to that music and he said you got to drop all why questions because a why question makes a person feel cornered and like they have to defend themselves and justify themselves and there's an accusation embedded in it you know why do you like that he said instead do do away with why questions and ask what questions instead like instead of saying why are you into that music saying what is it about that music that you like and you can feel it even that that invites dialogue it invites mm-hmm. conversation you know so uh, that was a, a game changer those two things tell me more and doing away with why questions and asking what questions were very helpful uh, tools for me as a parent so, well, and, and letting go of control and letting go of control my, for sure my yeah. goodness I can't tell you how hard that is oh, it's and I really never difficult. considered myself a control freak yeah. until I have a million kids yeah. that I've got to try to wrangle and yeah you need to raise them up in the way that they should go and you need to make sure that you set a good example yeah. and I was a mess right like I came out of drug sex and rock and roll and yep. it's like I so badly don't want my kids to go down that totally. road and so what I want to know and I don't think I'm the only one who's wondering how do you shift? How do you go from, I'm controlling what you listen to, I'm controlling who you yeah. hang out with, and then one day you're like, bing, this is not the way to handle that. What does that transition look like to a new way of parenting? Well, all I can say for me, it was the Holy Spirit that kind of popped up through a Leonard Cohen lyric yeah. of all things, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, thankfully, I had enough sensitivity to the Holy Spirit to to hear that and receive that, you know. And also, you know, going through the traumatic experience of a divorce is 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 transformational, you know. And I'm sure you've had this experience. The hard things that you go through have a way of drawing out the best in you, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, so I think... I had a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit, and then it was accelerated by going through a great difficulty that 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 uh, that propelled me forward into being a better human being. You know, I think we have to become self-aware of our own tendencies to want to control, and and it's interesting because we can give ourselves the experience of being a good parent when actually what we're doing is trying to soothe our own anxiety and be over-controlling. And, you know, we just need the conviction of the Holy Spirit. So practicing being convicted, you know. But how did that work practically? Did you sit your kids down and you're like, hey, I'm going to stop controlling your life now? Or did you just step back a little bit? I stepped back a little bit. And just, you know, piece by piece. And, and I don't know if I did any of it right, you know, but uh, they make decisions that I, I wish 
they wouldn't sometimes and that make me feel anxious and like, oh man, you know, this was a useful experience. I, uh, I was, after my divorce, I was in a relationship with a person and my mom had concerns about the relationship and she voiced a couple of them. And what that did to me is it made me feel like, oh, I can't talk with her about this relationship anymore. Yes, I've had that experience. And uh, recognizing that I did that, you know, it's like, oh, I, I don't want to make that same mistake with my kids. So rather than voicing my concerns, I got to figure out a different way in. And one of them is I just, I just have to let them make the decisions that they're going to make and be available and, and love them and love who they love you know so it's messy it's all messy like i don't know i don't know how to do it i'm yeah, probably doing no, seriously a lot of how do wrong, i do this yeah, it's the name yeah. of this podcast for yeah. a reason because we don't know and i think it and you know what i'm sure it varies my kids yeah. are very little so i think there's probably more responsibility totally. i have absolutely. to step in absolutely but you you know your twins are in their 20s and your youngest yeah. is senior in high school I yeah. guess at that at this point you know so I think that's a different yeah. life stage but the fact is we're always still learning yes and failing and yeah. standing up and trying again and I think for me a big piece of that has been modeling that humility for yes. my kids when I do it wrong exactly yeah. and allowing them to see the fact that mistakes happen yeah and it, that gives them permission yes. to make mistakes and makes them feel safe in that. So have you had those kind of conversations with your kids where you're like, I didn't handle that well yes. and, and coming back. And what has that done for your relationships with your adult children? Well, like what you were saying, I think you model humility and teachability and in those moments, you know, and yeah, I, I, I think that's, I think that's good. Do you feel like it's helped? Because I think some people who are resistant, I'm a big, oh man, my soapbox, my poor listeners, man, they hear this all the time, but... I haven't heard it. Okay, so. okay, I'm going to tell you, I'm right. gonna tell you my, my little line. <clears throat> the best lesson we can teach our kids is not how to live perfectly, but how mm. to fail well. That's good. Yep. <laughs> well, thank you very much, yep. Jason Gray. And I think that uh, a lot of people have hesitation in that because like, well, this is going to make me look weak in the eyes of my kids and I right. can't look weak to my children. Right. They need to, you know, fear me and respect me and I need to earn yeah. that. Uh, but in your experience, how have your kids reacted when you did humble yourself to them? I think it's gone well. When we see a Christian leader who's got, the, who looks like they've got their act together I don't know about you, but I see them. I'm like, no, oh, they're hiding something, mm -hmm. you know. Whereas when I see a Christian leader who who's very open and vulnerable about the ways they get it right as well as the ways they get it wrong, and 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 they demonstrate how they can pivot, you know, and that's who I have respect for, you know. And I think that's true with our kids too, because the other thing's a lie. It's just not true. We don't have all the answers. I've got this theory. I think that self-righteousness might be underneath all the other sins. And maybe fear is underneath that. But the degree to which um, self-righteousness drives our life, our decisions, I see it everywhere, you know. Religion can, can play into self-righteousness in a way that is not helpful and toxic. Be because... I was blind, but now I see. 
I was wrong, but now I'm, now I'm right. Now I'm standing on the truth. I mean, like all of that is self-righteous language. Mm. I'm right. I was wrong, but now I'm right. That's just not helpful, you know? So interesting. I've never considered that, that lyric to, and, and in that vein. I don't mean to knock that lyric or anything like that. No, but no, like, I think it's like, fascinating. You're right. I think there is a truth in it, too, but we can misuse it, too, you know, mm-hmm. and, or overuse it. But um, I think one of the most useful things that Jesus ever gave to us was this idea, remove the log from your own eye before you were about the speck in someone else's. And that is like, you know, just dealing with your own self-righteousness. And anyway, you can bring me on for another podcast if you want to go into the whole self-righteousness paradigm, you know, thing. I'll but, count but, on it. <laughs> but um, we see it in politics and, and, and uh, we see it in Religion. I also think it's the greatest obstacle to us being a well. For me, it's it has been the greatest obstacle obstacle to me being a good parent, a loving parent, a loving partner. I think you're right in that. For a lot of us, not like yes, Jason, that is your problem. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can see that, Jason. Yes. <laughs> definitely. It's very you, clear you, to me. Absolutely. Yeah. But I think that is born out of a place of insecurity. We try so hard to hide those things about ourselves that we see as flawed Mm -hmm. and we cover them up with this bravado and then maybe people won't notice. And it's just that much more damaging. And it's been a journey that I've been on and I think a lot of people have been on is how do I step back back and let myself be seen yes because that is so terrifying but when we can embrace the fact that when it comes to god we are seen yes and it's the good it's the bad it's the ugly it's every awful thought i've ever had he knows but he loves me anyway and to embrace that love of god and the grace of god helps us to take that first step in embracing and loving ourselves which helps us take then the next step of allowing others to see us and trusting that the right people will embrace and love us yes. as well. And yep. that's what I want to model for my kids. Yes. Yep. So. And, yeah. and when you model that humility and that willingness to be wrong, what you're really revealing is confidence in the grace of God. Yes. You know, I, I just think it's such an important ingredient to a loving, healthy relationship with our kids for sure. I released a new song a few weeks ago uh, that I wrote for my kids. It's called What I Wish For You. And this goes back to something we were we were talking about earlier. Also, for those hearing me, I do have a speech handicap. So it's it's not because s- s- summer's making me nervous or anything <laughs> like that. But, um, I do have a speech handicap. So I should have mentioned that earlier. If you've still hung on, hung in here this long, thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, but I wrote this song, What I Wish For You. And the song is, it's kind of me wishing disaster upon my children. Um, that they'll get their hearts broken. That they will fall down so hard that they need help from others to get back up. That they will fail so they will understand the limits to their own strength and uh be able to have compassion and grace for other people Mm -hmm. who fail you know so i'm wishing disaster upon them because (laughs) those are the things those are the experiences that are going to make them the best human being right even like you were saying you had these experiences of drugs sex and rock and roll and you want to protect your kids from it 
but I can tell that you are a person of deep empathy and compassion and, and that has to come from those experiences, those experiences of failing others and failing yourself and feeling like you failed God, but discovering his unfailing love and all of that and being transformed by all of that. And gosh, I would love to protect my kids from the worst decisions they can make, but at the same time, I know that the worst decisions I've made are what transformed me into the best version of myself. I was so judgmental, you know, I was so self-righteous and judgmental, and, and I'm so grateful to be cured of that to the degree that I am. Yeah. I can still use a little more, you know. <laughs> well, and I but. think that's the journey. And I just, I'm so grateful that you are willing to be honest in that because I think that's what we need. We need the honesty not only in front of our kids, but in front of each other. Yeah. Because my goodness, I've never compared myself in my life as much as I do now that I'm a parent. It's, yeah. it's such, it brings out so much fear and insecurity. Yes. You didn't know that you had when you're responsible totally. for these adorable little stinkers. Right. And so... Jason, I just want to thank you so much for being vulnerable and honest and owning it and being on this crazy journey and admitting, like, no, seriously, how do I do this? Yeah. Because none of us know. <laughs> yeah. That fear that I don't know how to do this is probably the beginning of wisdom for mm. parenting. So, mm. yeah. I love it. I should make that my tagline. <laughs> well, thank you again for coming out, yeah. for hanging out with me in my my noisy campsite. Hey, no, that's all right. <laughs> with my crazy thank kids you. screaming in the background. And Zach Williams singing in the background. Oh, he's there, serenading man. us, no. man. This is just a soundtrack. This is our yeah. music bed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Cool. But thank you again, yeah, Jason. It was a so pleasure. Much. Thank you. I love honest people. No. I don't think I've ever met anyone in my life who would say, I really like dishonest people. But you know, that kind of honest where you're not afraid to be vulnerable and real and imperfect because you know other people get it, that's Jason Gray. So which of those lessons that he shared with you, changing your why to what and, and listening more, talking less, controlling less, which of those do you think is going to be the hardest for you? Because that's the one we should probably start with. Because if it's going to be the hardest for us, it might be the biggest problem right now in our lives. And so I just want to say thanks for going on this journey with us. And if you do struggle with any of those things, I hope your assurance has been renewed. You are not alone. No, seriously, how do I do this? It's a question that we're all asking. And next week, we are going to tackle a topic that is far too close to far too many of our hearts. We're going to be talking about issues of loss, issues of pain, issues of wrestling with God. And I hope that you'll join us for next week's and the final episode of our Glampcast. And as always, today, tomorrow, forever, remember that you are loved and you're not alone. <laughs>